millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. We are in our studio today with the man we are going to call Pastor Chitria. And uh, he is from the nation of Nepal, one of the most beautiful nations that I've ever seen and ever been to. Pastor Chitria, thank you for being our guest on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming us. <laughs> we are glad that you are here. Let's talk about sort of a, a big picture for the Christians in Nepal. Mm-hmm. They can face persecution from a lot of different factors. There yes. are uh, Hindu zealots. There are Maoists. Mm-hmm. There are even some places where there are Buddhists that mm-hmm. are persecuting Christians. Kind of help us understand what it's like to be a Christian in Nepal right now. To be Christian means it's a following the foreign religion. It's a religion of the cow eater, an untouchable of religion. The cow eaters. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so if you kill cow, mm-hmm. then may probably 20 years or 13 years, seven year, three years imprisonment. It depends wow. on the situation. So uh, most of the time we are blamed by the Hindu people that we eat beef. But actually in Nepal, we don't eat. But when I come in USA, I definitely eat. Yes, I enjoy it. So in the minds of most Nepalis, Christianity is a foreign religion. It it is something coming in from outside, and so they fight against that. This is actually, they think and they believe that the Christianity is threatening to the nationalism, spirit of unity, and destroying the Hindu culture of Nepal. That's how they think. So they don't want to bring any split. Once one person become a Christian, then the whole family will be against this person who believe and follow Jesus Christ. So that's why they think it's a dangerous religion for Nepal. So it's going to create division in the country. It's exactly. going to create problems exactly. in exactly. the country. But they don't, they don't believe that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. You right. know? They don't know because they, they believe 330 million girls and goddesses. Wow. And, you know, more than the population of Nepal. And so uh, most of the God expression of the anger, jealousy, and uh, to know Jesus and to follow Jesus is a freedom yeah, uh, in their life. And they experience freedom and the love and forgiveness. Then they're willing to even give their life for Jesus. Amen. Think about that for a minute. 330 million gods. If something is going wrong in your life, you have to first figure out which of the 330 million gods you've offended. Exactly. Then you have to figure out what that particular god wants you to do to make it right with them. So as you say, when someone says, no, I'm following Jesus, he he already paid the price for what I did wrong. There is great freedom in that. Is that why the church in Nepal is still growing? In in spite well, of the pressure, in spite of the persecution, the church is growing. How do, how do you explain that? There is a danger and a very strong persecution there. 
And in spite of all this, in the midst of all this situation, Christians are growing in Nepal. Churches are growing in Nepal. In 1960, there were only six churches in all over the country. Only six? Six, yes. Wow. And I had the privilege to go to the first church of Nepal, which was in my hometown. But, and then in 1990, there were 150 churches. But today, more than 12,000 churches wow. in all over the country. In the region, many people went to India and British army. They joined there. They found the Lord. And many people go to India to do the medical treatment mm -hmm. on the border. Christian will be distributing the tracts, Christian tracts and wow. the Bible. So they find it, they read it. And also those Christian who are converted within the country, they are very serious, very committed. They love the Lord and they're willing to pay any cost to follow Jesus and to share about Jesus. And that's the one of the reasons Church is growing. Every convert, every believer, they go village to village, house to house, and sharing Christ, distributing the tracts. And those who become a Christian, they give up, you know, baptism classes, mm -hmm. and then, then they disciple them and help them to stand for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. So every Every believer becomes an evangelist. Yes. Every single exactly. believer is telling someone. Exactly. Because before, uh, after they become a Christian, we wash them, then we observe them, mm -hmm. and then we want to see whether they are genuinely following Christ or not. Otherwise, same person will be big, you know, problem to us. Right. And he will send us to the prison. Right. So what <laughs> we do, we wait. Then the, in the time of uh, baptism classes, we ask seven questions. Are you willing to leave your home or your family? Are you willing to lose the inheritance of your family? Are you willing to lose job? Are you willing to lose all the friends you grow together? It's hard. Mm -hmm. And are you willing to bring tithe and offering to honor the Lord, your God, now you follow? Are you willing to forgive them, those who persecuted you, and share the love of Jesus with them, and bring them and lead them to Christ? Are you willing to suffer, be persecuted, and go to prison? Because if the law forbids the conversion and baptize, The law of the country says if you convert someone, you have to go three years jail. The person who is converted has to go one year jail. But if you convert and then baptize, then you have to go five years jail and 50,000 fine. Wow. You have to pay. And that's, that's the law of Nepal. Exactly. At prison. That's the situation. But Our brothers and sisters in Nepal, they are so bold, so courageous, so enthusiastic. You know, they are so, they want to serve the Lord, you know, because they, they experience the love of God. He gave his life for them. So they want to repay, mm -hmm. you know. They want to serve. So they go 
to their friends and they also think about their neighbor. They also think about their family member and they are so eager to go to them and share about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the persecution comes. If you just become a Christian, go to church and do nothing and disappear whole week and come back again next Sunday, nobody will bother you. But once you testify your faith with other, then persecution begins. So let's say that I'm I live in a village in the mountains in Nepal. Yes, and, and I come to know Jesus. Like I profess, mm-hmm. I'm a follower of Jesus now. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to me? What does the persecution look like oh. in in a village up in the mountains? Well, the first thing the persecution comes from your one family, from your family. Yeah, because it's shameful. So it brings because, shame. Yeah, and the many neighbor uh, community people will talk. Yeah, behind. And <laughs> what's what's wrong with your family? Exactly. Your your son became a Christian. What's wrong with your yeah. family? What's wrong uh, uh, with he, uh, you know, with you? And then why you could not handle him? Hmm. And that's what they will say. And then the the battle begins in the community. The whole village will turn against him, and they will kick him out. So my brother was kicked out. Two brother kicked out from the village. He lost his job. All the friends will forsake. Nobody will mingle with you. Because after we become a Christian, things become different mm-hmm. between them and with the Christian. Uh, the Christian cannot mingle with them because the, all the ritual and the, you know, the, the behavior is a different. <laughs> is, is it different for someone who comes to faith in a big city like Kathmandu? Is it, is it easier for them than in the small village where everyone knows? Mm-hmm. When you are in the city, it's a, you have a freedom, more freedom, right. uh, no pressure from the family. But once they know that you become a Christian, they will put two conditions. Either you leave going to the church or leave us. Then if he say, oh, no, I will continue to follow Jesus, the family will say, you are dead for us forever. Wow. That's the word. That's a high price. Yeah, high price. So, so unless person ready to uh, pay the consequence, I think he will not make any decision to follow Jesus. Pastor, I know some of your mentors and the people who trained you are people who suffered. Oh, they, many times. Can you share some of those stories of the people who have inspired you to be willing to suffer yourself? Yeah, let me begin from 1766. There were only 65 family, Christian family in 1766. 1976. Six. They were asked to bow down before idols, but they refused. How can they bow down knowing the true and living God? So they were forced to leave the country. So they went to India and settled down there. And in 1960, several Christians were arrested and they were put into the prison. So one of them was my mentor. Later on, he became a mentor. And then... He raised me. Now, when he was put in prison, yeah. what was the charge against him that he was sent to prison? Or, well, or did they have to have a charge? He, he was converting others, okay. and he was baptizing openly. And he took suffering as, as a privilege because it's a great honor for him to suffer for the sake of Christ. So he was put four and a half years prison. Hmm. And then from 60 to 19, more than 350 pastors and believers were arrested and put into the prison. 
and many of them become my mentor, my good friend, and uh, co-worker together. But today, they are the most powerful Christian leader in Nepal, and they are bringing the transformation in the community all over the country. So tell me about the first time that you were arrested. Well, I was debating and a little bit murmuring in the first time, but later on I felt that it's honor, the privilege for me to be a part of Jesus' suffering. And then also I learned that if I'm operating, then if I murmur, then uh, what example I will give to my disciple? If, if you complain about exactly. it, what are they going to yeah. think? So I had to just sit there and pray and, you know, sing and read the Bible and share with those prisoners, you know, the, who were in the custody, you know. So I was sharing with them. So my disciples saw that and they were encouraged. And later on, many, many, you know, many, many prison I went with uh, to visit other Christian together with the other key leader of Nepal. I thought they were sad, maybe suffering. They were singing, praising, some of them praying, and some of them reading the Bible, and some of them serving in the prison. It was a great joy to see them that way. And the, But what we do when the husband is put into the prison, we take care of all their family. Mm-hmm. We'll show our love, concern, we provide their necessity, and we comfort them and help them not to worry. That's how we take care of them and help them to grow and more, become more strong in the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Pastor, I know one of the kind of unique persecution situations in Nepal has to do with burying someone who has died, so a yeah. Christian who has died. The cremation rituals are very Hindu. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a Hindu, you get cremated. If you're a Christian, you get buried. But there's not any place for burial. So explain a little bit how that is used against the church, but then how you and how the church responds to help families who have just lost someone. Yeah, this is very critical situation uh, we often face in Nepal. Not only me, but most of the pastor face this difficult in different part of Nepal. I had a first experience in 1986 when suddenly one of our believers died and we had no place to bury. So I took dead body in the middle of the night, took into the river bank and I buried it. The Hindu came, dig out, and throw the body into the water. The next morning, body was floating in the water hmm. and somebody called me. And then we immediately rushed there and then we put this body in the plastic baggage and we brought back to the church. And then we had to wait whole day but the family feels so pain, yeah, so embarrassed to them, insult to them. That's one of, one of the way the Hindu persecute us, making more, more difficult situation. And then next night, I took it to another place together with the help of my elder. Same happened. So same dead body, I had to bury three times. So, again, we brought this dead body to the church, and then in the midnight, I had a motorbike. So, I asked one of my elders to hold 
the coffin box at the back. Uh, I tied the coffin box on myself, and the coffin box is, you know, standing at the back. The backside behind the coffin box, my elder is holding the coffin box. So I ride motorbike and 35 kilometer distance in the midnight. I went there in the very secret area. Then I buried dead body there and came back. Then we had a more comfort, you know, otherwise, it's a simple. See, you're Christian. Even don't take care of the dead body of your family. Why you follow Jesus? That's how they blame. Uh-huh. So it's used as a way of really punishing people exactly. for being Christians. And there's a government very silent, not giving any official place, no giving security for us. So let me tell you a little bit. Not only government, the Hindu extremists actually really causing problem. And also, Siva Sena, the another, uh, who is going church to church, and they're observing whether the number is increasing or they're trying to find out. And then they have a defense army. They have a RSS. The radical Hindu. Yeah, radical Hindu. Yeah. And then a government in India, in the Modi government, Yogi Narahari, actually they're sending their uh, Hindu priests to Nepal to declare the Hindu kingdom soon. That's how their plan. So the, the Indian government is actually yeah. exporting persecution to exactly. Nepal. Exactly. And they are actually, you know, the investing huge amount of money to, uh, you know, stop the uh, Christian activities in Nepal. And recently I heard even church was demolished. Uh, several church demolished in Kathmandu and in the western part of Nepal, and many church leader and the, you know the those who are actively involved uh, and engaged in the ministry, they are actually attacked and uh, uh, arrested and put into the custody, and they have to pay a huge amount of money to in order to release from the prison. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. So the pressure is increasing exactly. as time goes exactly. on. As the church growing, yeah. at the same time. I think I should tell this thing. You know, church is really growing. Um, I remember in 1960, there were 150 Christians. Only 150 Christians, only six churches. Today, more than 2 million Christians in all over the country. Wow. Well, how this happened? Because those faithful Christians, without fear, without even thinking their one life, committed to reach out those who are not saved. That's one of the reasons they are obedient to God. They want to do God's will in their life. That's one of the reasons why church is growing. And besides that, churches now, Strongly emphasizing, you know, in evangelism and disciple making, church growth and leadership development. So whole churches actually mobilize and bringing the thought that every member of the church is important and their responsibility to reach out their community for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we are actually boiling the church, you know, and encouraging the church and uh, challenging the church. So every member actually encouraged to do that one. And that's why the persecution comes. But at the same time, and the believer also, you know, increasing and the church also multiplying day by day. Amen. 
Pastor Titria, the the last question I want to ask you. We always try to equip our listeners to pray. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about the persecution that Christians in Nepal face. We've talked about that that family pressure, that village level pressure. How can you coach us to pray for Nepal right now? First thing, don't pray for freedom. Pray for Nepalese Christian. There will be more perseverance. Perseverance. Yes. And more boldness, you know, for the boldness, so that they will be faithful and continue engage to reach the unreached people for Christ. That's one of the things. Second, pray for government so that their thinking will be changed and give Christian privilege to have a burial ground. Mm-hmm. Burial ground. Also pray that in the new constitution, this clause is there about uh, you know the imprisonment right. and also the, you know, the, yeah, the fine they have to pay uh, on conversion and baptism that will be removed from that you know Amen. so that government will treat equally to all religion groups and all the you know the converts you know come to whether they are from Dalit or from high caste treat you know equally in community. So that's what one of the things. And we have so many uh, evil practices in Nepal, and then many girls are sold. Uh, more than 2,000 girls are sold in, 200,000 girls are sold in India to become a prostitute. Wow. It's a very inhuman. So there are a lot of uh, human trafficking is uh, practices. And they, you know, who involved, it's hard to say, but it's a link from top to bottom. Right. Then more girls, these innocent girls, are sold in China. I I recently heard the news that the, now even uh, for just to have a food, just to have a to fill the stomach, they are selling organs of their body, and they're selling the skin because Nepali skins they are in the from the high altitude. They said it's a, the best skin. So selling their own organs, yeah, selling organ. their own so skin. So I request all of my brothers and sisters who are praying for us and thinking of us, you know, uh, show a love for us. Pray that these evil practices will now, one day, n- will be no more. So pray for us. And also pray those Christians in the midst of uh, this persecution, faithfully serving, their need can be met. Their need can be met. Amen. You know, every dollar, it's meaningful to us. Very important to us to reach people for Christ. So pray for that. Amen. Yes. Pastor Chitria, thank you for sharing your testimony. Uh, we will pray. We will yes. pray thank for you. the people of thank Nepal. You. Thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. It's my pleasure to be here and share and encourage my brothers and sisters. And this is how we can strengthen the body of Christ, Amen. work together, and bring the sense of global unity among the body of Christ. Amen. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more 
a tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.